Well, we're glad you're here. Whether you're regularly a part of this church and here every Sunday, or whether you're here uh, less frequently than that, or whether this is your annual visit, we're glad you're here because we celebrate together. We need one another for this celebration. Christmas, it turns out, is for all people. All people. And for it to truly be a celebration, it requires friend and stranger, family and acquaintance. Two Christmas verses, the first like a trumpet call, the angel saying to the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Today a Savior has been born. And another verse, a quieter birth announcement, the angel Gabriel speaking to Joseph, saying Mary is going to bear a son, and he'll have the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. From the outset, Christmas is good news. The declaration is of joy and hope and peace and love, salvation. Christmas is the vivid reminder that God is for people, not against people. Christmas is the reminder that God has chosen not to be God without humanity. And that God's approach to us is love and grace and mercy. Christmas is good news. Though at times you might not think it such in the busyness or the mean-spiritedness that can be around. Uh, some of you, many of you have nativity scenes. We, the beginning, Near the beginning of our Advent journey here at Sutherland, we highlighted one that I want to revisit. Have you seen this nativity scene? Is that working for me? You might have to switch it. We've tested this and everything. <laughs> Did everything that I could do. There, oh. Have you seen that nativity scene? That's called modern nativity. Some call it hipster nativity. I'll give you a little bit of a closer look here. That's, I guess, what the little drummer boy on his iPad. And you can see that the beef is certified 100% organic and it's gluten-free feed. And those are the wise men, the tech innovators with their Amazon gifts of, I don't know if it's frankincense and myrrh, I doubt it. And, of course, you have Mary and Joseph... You know the problem with that, that cup is not red. But anyway, getting the selfie. Just a few days ago, I was sent another nativity scene. I don't know whether this one or the next one is my favorite. Of course, accepting the actual nativity scene. Nobody needs to get upset at me. Oh, that's mine at home. I was sent this one. Have you seen that? That's... Angel on top, Maria, Jesus, and Jose in Coke cans. Let me go back to mine so you don't have to look at that. This is the one at our home. I like the Coke can one because it's barely a nativity scene. It brings to my mind George Bailey's words, you know, from Wonderful Life, when he says to Clarence the angel, you look about like the kind of angel I'd get. Some of you are worn out by this time, December 24th, 
And you could say to yourselves, that looks about like the kind of nativity scene that I could put together. Barely hanging on, barely a nativity. Empty Coke cans in a cardboard box. If you can identify with this, say, yep. You don't have to say it out loud. If you can say, yes, that's what Christmas does to me. Or some of you would say, no way, pastor. I feel wonderful at Christmas and I was ready a long time ago and all my gifts were wrapped and everything was done. That's fantastic. You just hang on for a minute. We'll get, the rest of us will get back to you. Because some people are so low that when they see this, they think, I couldn't even do that. Because that would take planning. I have to find the right Coke cans. And it's kind of creative. You can see how this works. You can feel it even around us in a place like North Vancouver. Christmas, it's supposed to be good news for all of us, can become divisive. People can feel left out, excluded, for a host of reasons. There are people who are ready and people who are not ready. There are people who can afford it and people who cannot. There are people who celebrate with family and everything seems so perfectly, wonderfully Christmassy cute that every picture is suitable to frame. And people either who do not have family or live with an awareness of broken relationships in their lives or with loss. These are some of the divides. Another divide would be people who believe and people who don't. We tell ourselves that these things are divides. They're actually not for the real Christmas story. Maybe people who get time off and people who don't. People who are healthy, people who are sick. I spoke to a nurse who was at the 4 o'clock service here in this spot for St. Timothy's. And she, had our, she knows she's working tomorrow and she just told me that the ward is beyond full and, there's, and everybody there seems really, really sick. That will be their Christmas. Even in this room tonight, there are people who can't wait for Christmas Eve service. Oh, this is the best. It's so fantastic. I can't wait for that candlelight, they're saying to themselves. And others among you are saying, when will this be over? The question we need to ask ourselves is this. And I say this to church people and those who would not consider themselves church people. What if God was for all of us? If God was for all of us, then he might just announce the birth of a Savior to outcast shepherds and place it in a smelly stable just to remind us that no one will be left out. What if God is for us all? I'm not giving away a secret to tell you that oftentimes religion can be harsh and judgmental. Some of you have experienced that. For many, that's what they can remember and even feel as they remember. Religion can say, it's not, this isn't just the Christian religion, this can be other faiths as well. Religion can say strongly and often, I could do it to you right now. I don't actually, like, this is not really the way I operate, but I'll try this, right? There is something wrong with you. And what you need to emphasize there is the word wrong and you. And make the person feel small. Entire religious institutions have been built upon communicating this. 
and then building programs to reform behavior, and sometimes tearing people down. It can get so bad that for many, the first or for some, the first point of contact into faith or to belief, Christian belief, they can carry with them the sense that God must be against us. So on Christmas Eve, you could do it right here, right now. I try not to look at anybody in particular. But on Christmas Eve, instead of saying, welcome, we're glad to see you, the pastor could say, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you here more often? And shake their head like this. Let me say that in my faith, as I experience God's presence and the love of Jesus Christ, I can think of nothing further from how God approaches humanity than that. Good news of great joy for all people. Of course, we would be remiss if we described only one side of the equation. The other side of the equation is the same thing in a different way. Instead of saying there's something wrong with you, you're told that you're the best thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. You are a special hero champion, wonder super person. And there is no one on earth like you. And then quietly they say, but everybody's just as special. These are two equal sides to wrong-headed thinking. Because both, in both, the focus is on you. In one, you are a broken down, stinking bag of worms. That's a famous Christian theologian who said that, by the way. That was one of his most famous metaphors. In fact, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this guy. It was Martin Luther. And he was referring to himself. Oh, stinking bag of worms that I am. But sometimes religion can make you feel like you don't quite measure up. Or, you are special, you're the only one, you're the only one like you. There isn't another in the whole wide world who can do the things you do. That's a purple dinosaur saying that. They're both, the, they're the same thing, just different sides to the equation. The question is, what is it that allows us to celebrate together? No divides, no division. It's this, first, that we, this should be freedom to so many of you, that we are not the big news in the universe, our goodness or our badness. My goodness, my sin, my failure, my success, your Christmas accomplishment, or your awareness that celebration was better in the past. Christmas is something more than us, any of us, and it is even more than all of us together. Something bigger is happening, but we are not forgotten. The Christmas gospel is that we are not forgotten, we are included. All of us together. And so you say, well, then what's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian? And I say the Christian has been awakened to this truth and lives from it or seeks to. And so the songs, even of jingle bells and city sidewalks and sleigh bells ring ting tingling too and stink stank stunk grinch and giddy up giddy up let's go and Rudolph and Elf and the Griswolds or open fires with chestnuts and folks dressed up like Eskimos I'm going to love it all. 
because it's at Christmas time. And it's good news of great joy for all people, even people who don't see it. So I'll show you another nativity scene. This is a picture. I, I, I found this in a newspaper article just a couple of days ago. It's hard for you to see, isn't it? And can you see Jesus being born there? Barely. It's in the upper right-hand corner. You can see the very top figure in the, in the, in the scene as an angel. And if you go down from there, you could kind of make out the nativity. I like this one. It's at a church in Italy. Surprise, surprise. I think it's a three-dimensional thing, actually. They're big, big deal. Good news of great joy for all people, even amidst the busyness of our lives. If this is true, that God is for us, that he has come to us and love in love and mercy, then who is going to tell you that? Because wrong-headed religion will make you think just that you're bad. I'm not saying you're a superhero, wonderful person, the best thing to happen in the universe. We're all sinners. But this is good news of great joy for all people. Salvation in Jesus Christ the Lord. So if I said something to you on Christmas Eve like, You should put your faith in Jesus Christ. That sounds super religious, doesn't it? I think you should. What if I put it this way? My prayer for each of you and for all of us together, my prayer for you is that you would be awakened to what God has done in Jesus Christ. That you would see God's love and mercy and respond at Christmas time even now. So I picture it too. In a few minutes we're going to sing the last two songs and pass the candlelight. And it's beautiful. And it's the best Christmassy moment for many people. Sentiment rules at Christmas time. Sentiment isn't always helpful. That night wasn't all calm and all bright when he was born. And by the way, crying he did make But take the last two songs we're about to sing. Silent Night and O Holy Night. That's why we do this, not just for sentiment, but for the all-together celebration. So picture it as you're passing that candlelight one to the other. And I picture it for you in your gatherings. All of us here and all of you there. Believers, non-believers. God didn't send Jesus Christ for believers only, (laughs) clearly. Believers, non-believers, the wonderfully successful and the beautiful failures, the Christmas superhero and the beleaguered barely there, even in your family distress, God has sent his son. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. You're going to sing that. Would you sing it? A thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And then the next line, it's a wonder that many of us, I mean, I just think, I don't know what's keeping me standing up when I sing the next word. But in my spirit, in my heart, It's something else. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn, and you'd belt out, fall on your knees.
Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. So to all who gather here this evening, and to all who you love, Merry Christmas. May you know God's love in Jesus Christ. Amen.